Promotional consideration paid for by the following. It's the board game that's sweeping the country. Vivisection! Science is finally fun with Vivisection. Get your lab coats, kids, because you get to run real experiments on real live rats while playing a fun game for the whole family. Run your rat through Vermin's Vortex Maze. It's the game that's just like life. Just when you think you've won, someone blinds you with industrial solvent. Conduct all kinds of fun experiments, including cosmetic allergy tests and chemical warfare preparation. Vivisection! Because real science is real fun. Conduct experiments on friends, too. Oh, your rats bit me. Ha ha, you got the plague. Who says scientists are boring dorks who never have any fun? Disembowel animals time after time for money, kicks, and scientific prestige with Vivisection. Shut up and sit down. Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to a fun, festive episode of Third Shift. It's episode 363. Oh, Good. I hope it's terrible. I hope it's the worst. I hope you have to wear underwear and sleep with nine other men and, and, and take poops with all of them in one toilet. Get out of here, you bastard. That's gross. Come on, man. I don't care. I don't care. No mercy. That's what's wrong with the prison system, Matt. There's no, there's... You can stream in prison systems now. Did you know that, Matt? Did you know you can actually stream and have TikToks and do YouTubes in prison? That's where we're at in America. All right? Just let you know. We gotta get off this. We gotta That's, get off this. Com- we're line of it. We're shooting off. We shot. Three hundred and sixty-three of third shift. That's where we're at. We got freaking Gamescom opening night live. We got that to talk about tonight, folks. It's gonna be such a blast. There's so many cool things to look forward to. But of course, I didn't even introduce him. But he's already talked, or actually, the weird alternative him did talk. But you know what I'm saying? It's a weird, strange thing. It is the inglorious passion himself, and of course, he is here with me. And I didn't introduce myself either. But I'm Eric. You know me. You know my voice. You know how stupid I am. And I'm here, <laughs> and he's here. It's the Inglorious Bastard, the mythical legend, Mr. Matt. He's here this week, too. We're going to talk about our weeks, and then we're going to dive in to Open Night Live. Or maybe not. Maybe we'll tell you a game release. We don't know. We're going to play it by ear. This is like a loosey-goosey episode. That's right. With the waves, we're just seeing where it goes. So, with that being said, Matt, how'd the week go? It was a strange week. It was a weird week because there was good stuff and there was bad stuff all the way through. I'm going to tell you all about it, except not all about it, folks. I'm going to tell you some of it. On the weekend, it was a weird weekend because it was a sit at home and then all of a sudden, hey, let's go to see a movie. Let's go see The Meg 2. And I went, okay, let's go see The Meg 2 at 2.40. Let's go check it out. Movie? Loved it. Just great. If you want to see a good movie with CGI Shark and Jason Statham like throwing harpoons and acting all crazy and all the side characters that you remember from the first one, because you did go see the first one, because I told you it was good and you went and saw it. It's just more of that. If you like the first one, you're going to love the second one. If you never saw the first one, it's a fun movie with a CGI shark, man. You can't go wrong with it. The only way you can go wrong is if you have idiots in the theater who try and ruin the experience for everybody. But that's why you go first show. You don't go second show. You go first show because stupid people can't wake up too early. Yep. They just they just can't. They go, oh, i got to sleep till noon. It's the weekend. So. Well, they're too stupid. Their brains, they have to restructure just enough 
to get by for the day, and that requires an exponential amount of sleep just to function on the basest of levels. So they cannot, you're right, scientifically speaking, cannot be up for the first showing of a movie, which is the prime time for an intelligent human to go. And the beautiful thing about it is, I won't talk too much about the experience anymore, but I thought, and I've never thought this before going to the movies, I went, should I just bring my earplugs just in case, my, my noise-canceling earphones? I take them sometimes when I go to like the theater theater because you're sitting around waiting for the show to start and you overhear everybody's conversation. I don't never saw this show before. I wonder what it's about. Whatever. And I went, why would I do that? Should have done it. If I could have just pop, pop, then I'll still hear the movie because the movie's loud as heck and I won't hear anything else. So maybe I'll start doing that. But the movie itself was great. Then came home and all weekend long, all the free time I had on the weekend, Played Live Alive. So I had one story done, and I was starting the second one when I last talked to you folks. I am now, like, on the sixth story, maybe halfway through it, I don't know. And I'm liking it, and I'm disliking it. Because some stories, it's a lot of fun. It's You're just going and going and rocking and rolling. And some stories, there is so much old school, just nonsense. You talk to a person, they go, thanks for talking to me. And they don't say... Maybe you should go talk to this other person. Maybe you should go over here. I mean, some stuff is signposted, but some stuff is just not. And I'm like, just do it one way or the other. Either have nothing or have everything. You know, it's first world problems. It's modern day gamer problems. But it just bugs me that it's kind of, it is fun and new in some ways. And the different experiences you have in the different stories are really good. Like the Old West one. Loved it. Just the, the, the story and the way it goes. The modern day one where you're in the fighting tournament. Fantastic. Beautiful. Wonderful. And then you get to some of these that are kind of, not a slog, but kind of a slog. So I went, okay, need a break. Gotta have a break. Hey, New Year's resolution list. What other game do I need to play? Oh, yeah. I started a Plague Tale Innocence. I gotta get back and start playing that. Because my PS5 is free for now since I'm not diving back into Final Fantasy 16 to get the platinum on it yet. All right, let me start up. Okay, what do you remember from what happened before, Matt? Uh, I remember uh, kids being sad. Everybody nice is dying. Everybody else wants to kill you. Sad kids having a sad time. Okay, well, you know, that's fine. We can get through it. We can do that. And I started up, and the sad kids were having a sad time. And the next nice person I met got eaten to death by rats. And as you're going through, everybody's eaten in half. There's guts and piles and dead and death and everything. And I went, okay, you know what? That's fine. And I got to a stealth part. And stealth so far, pretty basic. Throw a pot over here. Okay, cling. Now you can walk by. And where you need the pot, there's a rack of pots. Okay. You need to throw a rock, there's a million rocks on the ground. Okay, well, whatever. Fine, we're going. But because it's so simple, just kind of turning my brain off and ran in. Oh, I got caught. Main character. She's like, what, 15? 15-year-old girl, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Her brother's like 10. Getting caught by a guy in giant armor. He's got a sword. He runs up. And the camera pulls back so you don't really see it. Punches her in the face with his giant armor glove. And then rears back and stabs her. While the brother is going, Oh my god, I miss you. No! Game over. Okay. I mean, the world's dark enough. And then you gotta do this. I'm not even the guy who like loves kids or anything. And this is, I was just like, man, this is, this is a lot. This is really sad, kids. This is a bad time for kids. And then I got to a part. Go to a farm. You're going to meet a guy who's going to help you. Okay. This guy, 
farms pigs, ranches pigs, whatever. He must ranch every single pig in the entire world because there's just pigs everywhere. Oh, and by the way, they're all dead because the soldiers killed all the pigs. Tens of thousands of pigs all in these piles, piles everywhere. And the kids are having to squatch through the mud and the muck and the blood and the guts. And I'm like, this is just, it's too much. And then I hit a spot, and I'll talk about it on What You Play in Third Shift and why it pissed me off so much. And I just went, I'm done. I'm not going to do this bad thing and have more bad, miserable kid experiences. I'm done. I can't do it. It's too much of a downer. I can't do it. So I crossed it off the list. I played it enough to know that I don't like it. So there's a resolution crosser offer. And I went, man, what's what's something that could cheer me up? Switched over. Spider-Man Remastered. Started it up. Switched it to 120 hertz performance mode. And like the first thing you do is jump off and start swinging through New York City. And it looks the most beautiful I've ever seen. And it runs the most fastest resolution I've ever seen on my 144 hertz monitor here. And it just brightened up my day. It made me so goddamn happy. And that's all I've been playing ever since I started that. That's all I've been playing. And it's been great. The only one complaint I have, and then I'll be done for the week, is something about the combat I'm just not jiving with. It feels like, you know, it should be like Miles Morales combat, sort of rhythm-based, sort of Arkham-based. But something about the timing and the dodges and the gadgets, I get hit all the time. Oh, Spider-Sense is going off. Dodge. Got hit. Okay, Spider-Sense is going off. Uh, jump. Got hit. Spider-Sense is going off and I'm running. Okay, running and dodge. Nope, got hit. What's happening? Why am I dying in the tutorial to Wilson Fisk? And then later with some other bosses. I never died once in Miles Morales, so I don't know. But other than that, like the story, like the characters, having fun with the gadgets when I can get them to work and when I can get into that flow of combat, which is hard for me for some reason, it still feels good. But man, just swinging through the city, going from one thing to the other, doing all the side stuff with the bright you know, summer sun shining down and seeing that beautiful HD city. My God, it just makes me so happy when I play it. There's been some ups, there's been some downs, but I'm ending the week on a high note with Spider-Man Remastered. How about you, Eric? Well, this week's been kind of a strange one. Uh, video game-wise, pretty light, to be honest. This last weekend, I went camping, though. We went up to Wilderness. It's a nice, remote camping ground. It's a, It's got that old-school vibe. Like, you just, you know, the trees are all around, nature's there. Very light uh, impact with the humans. Very calm, quiet. Oh, it's just wonderful. And I'll tell you, on Friday morning, I had this crisp fall breeze going. It was like, you know, really low-end temperature. And just, it started to smell that way. And I was just outside just going, oh my God, this is gorgeous. This is, this is life. This is what it's supposed to be forever and all eternity. Yeah, I know. Let's not talk about now. Look at today. No. Look at today. It's 90 degrees in the humid 90 degrees and so humid, people are dying. All right? But it wasn't that day. It was glorious. It was freaking wonderful. It felt great. So I had a wonderful camping trip all in all. I'll tell you a sad story, though, okay? They got a claw machine. They got a little arcade at this campground, man. They got a claw machine. This claw machine had Bullet Bill, Super Mario Bros. Bullet Bill in it. And I went, hot damn, that'd be great to put up on my new little collection when I get it ready and going. That's wonderful. I want that bullet bill. I'm really good at claw machines. I'm like, well, I'll have no problem getting it because I'm good at claw machines. Well, two things happen. One, 
They set the bullet bill up so he was up. So the rounded portion of him was facing straight up. They had him pinned with two other, in, uh, you know, freaking dolls or whatever they were. And on top of that, besides him facing straight up, there's no grasping point. He's got two arms, but they're way down. And the boot, they got, they're tucked in in between the two other dolls. But I was like, well, if the claw is a good claw, it'll still probably grip just enough to maybe dislodge it for the first time and then get a second round and then go ahead and go for the full grab. I spent $3. This thing's 50 cents a pop. And it's an old school claw machine, folks. This ain't the new school crap. It's old school. You get one forward and you get one sideways and that's it. This claw's going down and that's what's happening. You don't get any retries. You get nothing. I'm spot on every time, man. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sorcerer when it comes to these claw machines. No issues. It didn't matter. A couple bucks down, that thing didn't move a scratch. It didn't do nothing. This thing's doing its usual cheap claw bull crap. Yep. Fake, 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 fake. I finally go, all right. I got to get it. I got to figure out what how many, how many dollars you got to put in before the claw actually works. So I put in a couple more, and I was going after some easier targets. Sure enough, at $4.50, it popped. Ended up getting a little doll for the girls, whatever, no big deal. Okay, so it's like $4.50. $4.50, right around there, is that's when the popping zone hits. All right, let's do this. So I spent $4.50, and I waited, 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 you know, and I kept trying to get to the ones around it, trying to loosen it up, you know. Got to over to that point, and then got to the ready, right when it's about four fifty. All right, we're going to... I shouldn't have done it, but I went, you know, let's go bullet bill for the one I think is going to really do the magic. Went over it. Sure enough, it it did. You could see it push into bullet bill. Didn't matter. Because of the cone shape, it just slid off. I went, all right, Eric, you're not an idiot. Don't waste any more money. You're done. Backed off. Friday comes by, you know, I'm like, nah, just leave it be. Maybe they'll clear out some more. It'll be sideways next time I go in. Went and checked. Nah, it wasn't sideways. Okay. Saturday come around. Man, is it sideways? It's not sideways yet. Okay, go away. Saturday night comes around. This is my last chance. Still ain't sideways. Still has the same two pinning down. There's about four or five other ones missing. These two plus it ain't ain't been touched. Gotta get one more go. Come on, Eric. One more go. I got about four bucks. Go over there. You think I got it? I did not. I did not. I never got the damn bullet bill. He stole that machine. <laughs> he ate eight fifty or so of my dollars. <laughs> oh, this is when you gotta go. You gotta go full on crazy adult mode. You gotta be like, all right. Oh, is the arcade open? When does it close? Oh, Eleven o'clock at night. I'm gonna go in at ten fifty nine. Click, click. Oh, nobody's around here. Shake it, 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 shake that machine. Make Bullet Bill go sideways. Mm-hmm. And, he went, doop, doop, doop. and you still have to spend four fifty. Well, still. I was going to, but right on its front. I don't know. Maybe it's fake, but it literally had a shake little button with the light icon flashing on it. And I went, uh-huh. if I shake this machine, it's gonna set this thing off, and they're gonna come in here, and I'm gonna get in a lot of trouble. You just say, oh, this this kid over here. This uh, some kid shook he, it and ran shook away, it and he ran. I didn't see no kid come in, Mr. Batten. Well, I don't know what to tell you. He, he was a little. He was in here. He was a little you didn't see him come in. He was in here kid. already. Yeah, he, he he was already in here. You must have been outside taking a smoke break. I don't know. He's gone. One me. Can I stay in here and still get the bull? <laughs> can I stay and get that bull? <laughs> Better yet, hey, can I pay you ten bucks? You just 
open the machine and get I it. I already asked that too. I did. I said, hey, could you like just open this up and let me grab that? And I've already put like eight bucks in. They're like, no, that's not how it works. And I went, really? Come on. Come on. Can I? And then I said, can you at least do a shake-up? I said, in Japan, they'll do shake-ups for you where they'll go in and toss all everything and, and then you get a fresh squeeze at it. No, we're not going to do that. I went, yeah, I know why. Because that's the one stupid thing in there that's worth more than a few bucks at the dollar store. It's the one that's actually worth something. And they had a couple others that were, but, you know, that's the only one I cared about. And you know you want to pin it down and make it hard to get so that way people spend money trying to get that one cool thing. Despicable. Shame on you. I didn't say that part, but I thought it in my head. I said, damn it, shame on you. That's not fair. Spent money. I should have got it. But anyways, it was still fun. Had a good time. A good story with it. And last but not least, I was really hoping with the campsite I was at, that the Wi-Fi would extend to the camper and I'd be able to get onto Remnant or Diablo 4 or both and, you know, get some online time in on the weekend. However, from the last time I visited, which was like two years ago, the signal's not as great, so it was like super spotty. It would like, it let me on, but not after play, and then sometimes it wouldn't let me on at all, and it was never great. So I went, well, this sucks. The hell do I play? Because I'm in that space right now where it's either those two online games to, you know, fill time till the next big thing, or what? And I went, well, you know what? Octopath Traveler 2 sitting right there. Get to that. Just give it a shot. And I did. Played the entire weekend playing Octopath Traveler 2. I've got, you know, I'm up at five or six characters right now doing a thing. And it was fun enough. However, as I told Matt already in real life, I just don't think I'm going to finish this game. It's old school grindy. Old school grindy. It's like, oh, you're, you're going to go in this area? That's for level 18. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm like level 14. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll finagle it and just level up fast. Nope. One hit. You're dead. You can't even be here. You can't be here, period. Go grind. Go do side quests until you're that level. Then come to this area. Grind, 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 grind. You know, if I did side quests, it'd probably be quicker. Oh, these are old. Hey, if I had an apple from a wrong baton, the, the thing, it might help me. Where's, where's a wrong baton? I don't know. Is it on my map? Can I like point where there's a quest icon tells me where to go? No, there's not. Did he give me an actual real clue except for the item he wants? He did not. I don't have any idea or any way to know except to cheat and go online and just cheat the whole system of where I'm supposed to go to get this thing or anything. There's no, there's not even a quest log. So I can't even be like, well, how many quests do I have? I don't know. I might have 20, but I don't know because... I got to go back to whatever random village it was I visited, talk to the person that had like a different color, a little bloop in their head, because there's not even exclamation marks. It's literally just a different color in the uh, the talking thing that it signifies they have something. So I just have to go find that. I'm like, I don't know. This, I mean, nothing's wrong with this. It's old school. I know what they're going for. But I'm an old man with a little time, and I'm like, mm, I just don't think I'm going to be able to do this. I don't think so. And it's gorgeous. The music's great. Characters are fun. The story, I think, is way better in Octopath Traveler 1. They're actually fitting things in a little bit better than they did previously. I've got no complaints on that end, but just for what it is, I feel like I, I'm going to have to just let that one go. As I told Matt, I might finish up. I was just starting up on the next character's intro. I might finish that just because those are pretty straightforward. And then at least I can have a conversation with folks about how the game is and how it plays. But, uh, yeah, so Oct Octopath Traveler 2, that's all I did. 
video game wise this entire week because any other day I've had available, it's just been watching shows. I haven't really felt like playing any games just because, like I said, Remnant 2, I'm going to play with Matt. Diablo requires people for me to play with because I get my butt kicked, you know, in uh, the World Tier 4 currently. And I don't get anything good from the previous World Tier, so I'm kind of in a jam. So I got to wait to weekends to play with anybody I know. And of course, we got some games coming up, which are going to be fantastic. And uh, yeah, Matt's already shaking his head. He knows. He knows what's happening. He knows what's coming. The the uh, the old gigantic tsunami is whoosh, walking in. And it's already happened. It's already happened. We're even going to kick releases to the curb right now because there's two games that we're going to talk about: Bomb Rush, Cyberfunk, and Armored Core Six. Two games that I need to play. One game that you need to play. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, there's like two or three other smaller level games. There were like two games I had forgotten about that aren't even either of these games. Play the, Oh, WrestleQuest! Yep, that's the that's one, okay, out. that's the release for next week. I'm going to talk about it because I'm going to play it and put it on my Steam Deck. I'm writing it down right now so I don't forget. It's been on my wish list forever, and I forgot that it came out. That Re- WrestleQuest. Get her done, man. I thought you'd be all over this one. I've heard so much about it because uh, one Greg Miller on their podcast has a whole bit going with uh, one of the... I don't know if he's a creator, if he's just helped make it he's an old wrestler i don't remember his name yeah jeff jarrett yeah, he's, he's involved with it yeah. okay yeah he's highly involved with it and they did a whole bit greg got his head bashed in with the guitar over it the whole night so big thing it's one of those games that i've been following for way too long like ever since it was first announced it's been on my wish list so i'm like oh yeah it's coming it's coming later it's coming later oh it's coming out in august yeah sure it's february right now i'll forget all about it boom here it is and it's like 30 hours but i'm going to talk about it more next week we'll talk about it next week because this week was Gamescom opening night live. And the rest of Gamescom, which is still going on. But I can't talk to that. I can only talk about opening night live. And I'll start by saying, this needs to be the last time that Jeff Keighley has the public in attendance for any of his shows. This has to be it. Because the Game Awards, the very last game of the year, boom, he had a goof on stage. Here, the show started with goofs on stage. That was the point of the intro of the show, Howard, since you don't know. And you know how the internet is. You know how modern day is. Oh, hey, that's the thing. That's the cool thing you do, right? You, you go, you, you screw up Jeff Keeley's show, you rush the stage. You, ha, ha, ha. And you know what? You know what solves that? Yes, security does solve it. Yes, paying the price does solve it. But you know what extra solves it is not letting the public in. Uh-huh. Have it be game devs. Have it be game journalists because the very next person after this happened hey come on out todd howard a very important game person oh come on out later Zack snyder you know world famous director what happens if something goes wrong nothing's gone wrong yet but what if something happened then you're on the hook really bad stuff is going on you gotta nip it in the bud i know he wants it to be big and inclusive and everybody come in i would love to go to one of these shows too but you can't do it you can't do it anymore. You can't. It's been proven you can't do it. Yeah. Uh, just the general public just shouldn't be allowed. There's too many what-ifs unless you want to make security so insanely strict that it becomes really weird instead of just fun and inviting. It's not possible. you got too many stupid people in the world anymore. I mean, there always has been, but it's just gotten worse because with the advent of TikToks and all the YouTubes and all the things where you can showcase how stupid you are, but then everybody likes it because it's fun and exciting and weird and different. And that's the whole thing. It just it supports people like this. And I think the only way you could do it is if you had, you know, you could still have the general public in there, but you have security up front 
and you have it on a big raised stage, like a modern day theater stage. Mm -hmm. You have security at both entrances and you sequester all the important people backstage, all the nominees, all the game people, they're in the back. So nobody comes out of the audience ever. The audience is there to watch. That's it. Yeah. People come out of the back. You can have, you know, your backstage people go back and say, hey, look, here, Hideo Kojima sitting right here, right next to Todd Howard and Bobby Allen and doodly doodly. You can have it be like, oh, behind the scenes, come check it out. And everybody who's watching will feel like an insider. But you just, this can't happen ever again. It can't. You got to shut it down. You can't do it. Yeah. And, and with that also, the other, the other possibility would be make sure you get someplace that has the balcony seating and you allow balcony seats for public and that's it, period. And you have heavy security on the doors outside, so it isn't weird just having like a wall of police at the you know the theater stage. Yeah, yeah. And then that way they're getting checked extensively and every single time coming in or out, so they can only go to that balcony. So if you want to do shenanigans, you're jumping off a balcony down onto the ground. And then you got broken legs. And you got broken legs, and good luck to you getting up to the stage itself before somebody goes, "What the hell's happening?" That would be the only other way to keep the public involved and then minimize. Any sort of, you know, tragedy or incidents, which there wasn't no tragedy, but just annoyance. That's all. And you never know. I mean, the way the world is now, who knows? Yeah. Bad stuff can happen anywhere. And we said it at work. I mean, he got up, too. He he, he was in Jeff's face. Yeah. If he was a psycho, he could have done anything he wanted to. He was there. He was right with him. Mm-hmm. Anything he wanted. Yeah, that was where he was. And it took 40 seconds plus for the security to even react. So there was... Nothing that could have not been done by that that random crazy little individual. Not a good idea. Just not a good idea. But enough of the bad stuff. Let's get on to the good stuff. The games and the good times. Because even though that did happen and it soured my initial experience, so much other good stuff happened. And I went, yeah, Gamescom Open Night Live, you are awesome. We'll just go random, easy peasy, wherever you want. I'm going to start with the pre-show. And I will say, the pre-show host, I know you're doing a bit. You're the lazy guy who doesn't like video games. Don't do that bit. I like video games. But on the pre-show, they showed a bigger trailer for Lisfanga, which we saw a reveal for a couple months ago. Looks great. Looks so good. The action was like a lot more fast-paced. Like we saw the the time split off, you know, make your clone go over here and then, you know, rewind time and then you go over this way. But it showed a lot of combat. It looked fast. It looked flashy, kind of like Hades dashing around, big AoEs everywhere. It got me like 10 times more hype for it. I was already excited. Boom. Now I'm hyped. It's great. Well, let me tell you, we're going to keep it weird. You went with pre-show, I went with post, and I got to get out. It's Persona 3 Reload, man. Oh, my flipping God, dude. (laughs) Oh, my God. It looks so damn good. So good. I knew they were, you know, they're remaking it, and they made it so it's back to old school Persona, where you're actually going to the class, you're doing a thing, going to town. We already knew all that. But then they were showing combat, and they've got all out attacks incorporated in there, going to... They're doing it all. You're going to get the newer, the newer, in quote fingers, Persona experience with Persona 3. And now I'm so damn happy that I only got like 20 hours into Persona 3 before I stopped playing because this is the way to play it. This is going to be the definitive way to experience and have my personal experience with Persona 3. And I'm even happier that I made it like 5 to 10 hours in before I stopped playing it. Because the thing that got me the most, the combat looked great. Running through the halls, again, gave me chills just like it Mm. did last time. Just seeing the main character run around. But I saw him talking with Social Link people. And he walked up to him and they turned and went, 
and granted, one of them, it was just like a cut to the next scene. But actually seeing the character model go from standing with his pose to fall down his butt, looking up at the stars, it was so much more dynamic than anything that I played in P3P. And I granted, I know that P3P is not the actual real Persona 3 experience, but man, it just felt good to see it alive. It came to life. The characters are moving. They're not just portraits just talking to you. Oh, no, awesome. It is the complete magic coming in February, and I'm telling you what, I already got my sights set. I am just so zoned in right now in February now. I'm just like, oh, my God, I cannot wait for you. And then just to get to it, I'm like, oh, I should just play Persona 5 again, then Persona 4. Oh, I'm at work. I was like, oh, I just want to play him. I just want to be a part of the Persona world. It's you got can't me do that because Tactica's still coming I know, it's out. Too you still got to play Tactica. And then, you know what, let's talk about Tactica for a minute while we're on the subject. I can't wait. I'm so excited. But you know what? <laughs> they are making me so angry right now. Hey, guess what? We've played Tactica and we've got gameplay of it from Gamescom and stuff here and all that. And I went, all right, I want to watch it. So I'm watching them play it. And they're like, well, it's super cool. We're liking it. It's it's really kind of heartwarming and you know sad because it's them talking about how they're you know Makoto's going off to college and the team's breaking up. And you can remember how you did it with your friends. Well, we'll keep in touch and all those emotional things. Guess what though? There wasn't no Sophie. No Zinkichu, no, no, nothing. I'm like, come you on. You knew there would be. Come I on. know, but it's you know, this is this is post enough to where it's like you knew they existed and you incorporated them on the summer vacation before they broke up to go to college. So they should be there by by the you know timeline standards at this point because you're at the end of it. You're leaving, breaking apart when this event happens. Now here's what I will give you though. I'll give you Sophie if there's no Takemi in this game. Because this will be two games in a row with no Takemi, the one waifu who actually who is actually worth the tick. Yeah. Come on. We're, well, we're, yeah, same for you. Yeah. There's no there's Kawakami, no Kawakami in Strikers. No. no Kawakami here. If there's not, then pff, game over. Worst game yeah, ever. I will be very upset if we at least don't get all the original cast from Persona 5 OG. Oh, and there's also no uh, Kasumi. That's fine. I didn't like her anyway. That's fine. So That's they, that Royal doesn't exist and Strikers doesn't exist, which it... It, overall, it won't matter. I'm gonna have a great time, but yes, correct. It does mildly bug me. I'm like, why introduce all these characters when they're not gonna be real? There's none of it's real. I'm just living in all these alternate universes. I feel like I'm reading Marvel comics. That's fair, yeah. My love and interest levels are falling because I'm like, well, none of this is real. It's just all fake. Nobody's nobody's real, which they're not because it's a video game. But <laughs> you know, well, they made this for right. those people that I just saw a guy on Reddit today. He platinumed. Persona 5 regular, and he went, I'll always come back to this game over Royal. No. What planet are you living wrong, on, Wrong brother? choice. Wrong choice. No. Anyway, okay, let's steer the ship <laughs> okay, back we got to get out of Persona. Let's go. And we gotta, we got to talk about more fun stuff. Mini 2-pack from the pre-show. Bulletstorm VR. They showed it off some more. It was just a boom-bang action trailer with you know middle fingers and curse words flying. And it just... We've said it all the time. Whenever I see Bulletstorm, I smile. It makes me happy. And I go, yeah, I need to get a VR thing so I can play some Bulletstorm VR. But then next, I think it was next or shortly thereafter, they also showed off the Seventh Guest VR, which was like a haunted mansion type of thing where you have lots of like 20s and 1930s era ghosts. And it almost looked like they were FMV ghosts, but I couldn't tell. Or they were just really well animated because it looked realistic and really good. And then, of course, you're doing puzzles and stuff in VR, but just that vibe of like hanging out with 1920s and 1930s ghosts in VR, for some reason, this tickled my fancy. Plus, like that that FMV connection, maybe. 
I don't know. I, it got me excited, and I'm not a VR gamer, so there's two right in a row that made me want to get a headset and put it on and wave my arms around. Well, I'll be waving my arms around because you know damn sure I'm going to be getting some bullets on VR, and it's going to be glorious. One that got my interest, it, it had it for me for a while back, but kind of disappeared, and that was Black Myth Wukong, Matt. The old monkey doing his thing. He has his staff going about his mythical adventures, all these huge larger-than-life baddies with all this just, oh, man, it's just awesome animations, awesome character style to it. And the only thing that's got me worried is, of course, it has that Souls-like combat going, but it's way faster, obviously. he's Your dude's flying around doing attacks, but same with the baddies. They're going all over the place. He's huge mega attacks, giving you the tells, the typical, that type of combat going on. And on one end, I want to experience that just because I love that world, that the mythos and everything around that is awesome, looks awesome. The baddies look wild and crazy and out of this world, and like everyone's going to be a surprise and just a delight to try to fight. But the difficulty of combat I'm nervous about and scared about. So I, I really am kind of, I'm interested, but I, I want to sit back and I don't want a baby's mode, but I want to hear somebody say, you know, it's not as bad as you think. You can do this and you can overpower it too. That's another key thing is, hey, look, if you're not ready, you can go on a side, like we always talk about with Elden Ring, you can go over here and just do this stuff. And then when you come back, you'll be way better off and probably be able to beat them. No problem. That's what I want to hear. And that will, uh, that's what will get me into Black Myth. Yeah, I agree with you. I didn't write this one down because of all the stuff you just said. Like, it looks great, looks really cool, looks like something I would love to experience. But that Soulsy type of combat and parrying and dodging and doing all the stuff. Obviously, we did it with Elden Ring, but for some reason, it's kind of. I haven't experienced a wide enough range of that to be excited for it. I experienced the one that I like and like two or three that I don't like at all. So I, I, it's, it's on that maybe pile. If it's on Game Pass, maybe I'll give it a try. But I also still haven't tried Whoa Long Fallen Dynasty, which is on Game Pass. So I just kind of went, eh, uh, uh. But one that did get me excited. And I know we've seen it before, and it still hasn't come out yet. I don't remember if this had a date with it or not. But a game whose gameplay and visuals and everything got me super excited was Crimson Desert. Oh, that was on my list. That's on my hot list. But that looked like over-the-top Ghost of Tsushima. It looked like 100% Ghost of Tsushima, but you turned that dial up to 11. You wrote 11 on the speaker, and you cranked that dial one past because you got, like, two different worlds you're going between. You got, like, weird, dark, you know, turn into a dark cloud and fly and float around powers. And then just, just the combat. You got big, giant fire effects and lightning effects. You're pole vaulting over the giant barricades that you had to sneak into in Ghost of Tsushima. Everything about this trailer... Got me excited. I didn't even write down anything coherent other than different worlds in pole vault and over the top. It was awesome. I wanted to play it all day long. This trailer sent me into flames. I went nuts. All right. This developed by Pearl Abyss, the folks who did the MMORPG Black Desert Online, which is a gorgeous game, yep. mind you. Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. But I've strayed away from MMOs because of life and everything right now. And it is gorgeous and plays gorgeous, but since it's an MMO, I fell off. So if this isn't yeah. that, then... Oh, this, oh, oh. The, the skills they're bringing are on par with Black Desert and even better, I think, because the environments and everything look gorgeous. Oh, yeah. You know, it all might be trickery in the end, but I'm telling you right now, that trailer, everything you were looking at just looked phenomenal. And then it just kept ramping up. You're like, okay, you're just a, you're a medieval knight, you're doing a thing. And all of a sudden, like you said, you're flying around like some kind of black crow mass of bubbles and stuff. You're in these uh, 
not airships, but air balloons floating around. Yeah, the hot yeah. air balloons. Yeah. You're going through magical doorways and the weird portals and areas. You're fighting all sorts of crazy creatures. I saw, like, goblins and whatnot. And, then, of course, tons of humans. And then to boot, you can steal, like, uh, I saw them kick somebody off of a, a cargo uh, van or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and steal <laughs> and the horses. Steal it. And yeah, and then uh, you can, and as everybody was mentioning, you can pick up and pet all the animals. You can do things. Mm-hmm. With, you can interact with them in, like, a more intensive way than just pet and walk away. And to boot. With it all said, like beyond the po- the pole vaulting thing you said, I loved how he had that horse and he did like the fast, quick, silly GTA type like turn yes. with it and was just like <laughs> scooting through, flying. I was like, this is crazy. This looks phenomenal. And like you said, we saw it before, and I was mildly interested then. So are you? Mm-hmm. But this one went, oh no, we gotta watch this game. This is looking sharp. This is looking like the next. Like you said, Ghost of Tsushima or something like that kind of game. And if it is like all big open world like Ghost was, everybody knows that's like that's where I live. That's where I'm at. Big giant open world with all that crazy stuff to do. And oh my God, it looks incredible. It looks awesome. But since that's kind of a two pack for us, I'm going to bring it down a little bit. A little two pack for me. And then I'll jump back to you. Tekken 8. Looked awesome. There's not much to say. They showed off a bunch of characters. I'm not a big Tekken guy, but then they showed off all the customization. And I went, yeah, when you can dress your fighter up all kooky and goofy, that's up my alley. And another game that I'm not a part of this series, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. I went, ah, you know, it's it's been like 10 years. Maybe I should play another one. And then they said, open world zombies. And I went, oh, okay. You're starting to tickle my fancy. And then they said, let me get the actual term up here. Open combat missions. So you can go and do these missions stealthy. You can do them loud. You can do them any kind of way in between. And I went, now you're speaking my language because everybody knows Call of Duty. Run down the hallway. Follow the guy. That's all you do. Oh, maybe there's little bits of open world here. And you just got to take down that base over there. Do it however you want. That's my kind of thing. I'll keep an eye out for it. I don't know. I probably still won't get it. But you got two things that have me interested now. Well, Matt, let me tell you about this little title. And it's kind of the same thing as I'm interested, but we'll see. Grand Blue Fantasy Reeling. Mm-hmm. It's a title I started watching a long time ago. I feel like years ago at this point. Disappeared. I thought it was never coming. Got shown again this time around, like a brief little snippet. I went, I don't even still really know what this game's about. I know it's an RPG, but I don't know how it acts or anything. The trailer didn't really show you nothing. Now, then I went, you know what, let's do some more digging. Post-game... Of course, they got a much bigger trailer, gameplay, the whole nine showcased. And then I got in there, and I went, there it is. That's what I needed to see. It acts a lot like Tales of Arise. Combat-wise, you're in there. It's fast. It's fluid. You can switch between characters, utilizing their abilities, popping back to your character. You know, the whole game, it's there. It's all active combat. Graphics, once again, similar to Tales of Rise, very that cartoon, vibrant world you're in. Everybody has these little set pieces they say during combat and their little winning poses and their little, hey, that's for the glory of Vingerelia. And I know it's corny, but I love that stuff. That's that's your classic RPG ridiculousness. And I love it. And I don't care if they say the same damn thing a million times in battle. Don't care. Because you know what? If I'm going to cast the Sword of Solace, you can tell me it's the Sword of Solace over and over again. Fine. It's cool. I have no problem with it. I agree with everything you said because I wrote this down and I underlined it. And I wrote, looks like Tales in all the best ways. Every single best way. I did not follow up and do the after party research. So I'm definitely going to go check that out. But two games in that same kind of vein. 
both part of the Hoyoverse, the guys who did Genshin Impact, Zenless Zone Zero. I don't know much about this game at all. I think it's an action RPG. What they showed off, like you're playing retro games in this stylish, cool world. Kind of just like Soul Hackers 2 when I bought that and never ended up playing it. What is selling me on this is just (laughs) the style, the graphical style. It looks so cool. I want this to be something really cool. And then they also showed off more of Honkai Star Rail, which you and I have talked about. Hey, it's supposedly a really awesome JRPG, and it's coming to PlayStation. And guess what? Technical test is going on right now. So after this is done and I've edited it and posted it, I'm going to see what it takes to do that or if there's still a way to sign up for that because I want to know more about it. I don't know enough. I've heard good stuff. Same with Zenless Zone Zero. I've seen good stuff with my eyeballs because it looks good, but I don't know anything about these games, so two that I'm interested in. Zenless Zone Zero, that's that's my baby, man. Ooh, boy. So just like you, we watched the Open Night Live, all right, and we saw them kind of pack in all their little games they're working on. And that one came up, and immediately I went, anime? What? Uh-huh, What's yeah. Going on? I mean, all of them are anime, but this one just struck me as an anime. And I went, oh, no, what this is even about. Why am I? Why have I not seen this? But it didn't really show you much. It didn't show you too much. And I went... Nope, this was another grand blue one. I went, sure enough, they've got 45 minutes of gameplay for you that you can go watch. They show you uh, like one of the first missions, and it's you know from first to completion the whole nine, and one of the boss fights from front to back. And I'm sold. I'm just I'm sold. (laughs) I'm sold. Hallelujah! Bring me on board. It was awesome. The missions, the way you did the mission and how it played out, so much fun. So just whack and slam, go in there. You know, all the characters, tons of them too, have all completely different get-ups and abilities, etc. And you're in there in this really cool anime-style world with all your snarky attitude and the different characters. Some, some are snarky, some are stupid, some are shy. All the tropes you can imagine, they're all there. And that makes my heart warm and it makes me smile. And then, of course, they work together in these little story beats. So you get a bunch of story, and then it pops into the game. Everything about it, man. you got to go check out the 45 minutes of gameplay. It looked glorious. It was glorious. I had a ton of fun with it. It's super anime, and I'm totally in on it. Absolutely. Two games that I'm totally in on. I'll give you another small two-pack, because there's not much to say about either one, unless Eric tells me that there's another 45-minute reveal on both of these. First up, Fort Solace a game I had never heard of before. The name sounds familiar, but I know I've never seen anything on it. A scary space outpost. Apparently, you're on Mars, and I know that because the game's out, and there's reviews out for it right now. Something about this, like, being part of, like, a, a two- or three-man crew on the spooky outpost. Something's going wrong. I don't know. Just from the trailer, it got me interested. And then, on a similar but different note, is Under the Waves, which I also think was a launch trailer. I think that's out right now. That's the one where you're, like, a solo guy, under the water. You live on a submarine in like some underwater outpost, but this trailer made it obvious that you were part of some kind of crew and something bad went down. Like the initial trailer, there was something spooky and something going on. But in this trailer, you're talking to somebody who sounds like she's on the surface, who was part of this crew too. And it sounds like this guy's got some massive repressed trauma. She wants to bond with him and get both of you through it, but he doesn't want to move on. He wants to stay down here and mess around in this dank dark submarine station and be sad depending on how this goes if it's narrative if it's scary i don't know it ticked all the boxes though i went i want to know more about this i was already excited but that trailer got me hyped and then fort solace geez there's too many good games man i'm telling you those did both look really cool i've heard that fort solace isn't getting some strong reviews right now but 
I can't really speak to it because I didn't really go to, you know, I didn't put my due diligence into it. But it's got so many good names behind it, you know, so much voice power in that game. And I'm like, there's no way it can be terrible. That's just too many awesome voice actors doing stuff in this little thing. So maybe it's something I'll look a little bit more into. For me, man, I know this ain't one for you, but Diablo 4 Season of Blood got announced. And I can't, I can't, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least bring it up. So stoked. They're, they're on there. We're listening to the people. There's more stuff we want to do. So they're making it now. So shrines are going to be permanent. Some other, you know, quality of life issues are going to be uh, taken care of. But the biggest one has been like the uber uniques are super, super rare, super hard to get. You got to grind like some kind of psychopaths. Now, I don't know how the, the world bosses are going to work or not world bosses, just bosses, because they're introducing five new bosses into this. And as you go, they'll unlock and allow you to test your metal against them. So that in and of itself sounds really cool because as you get higher and higher and better and better, they'll open up and you can go with your friends and go whoop these sons of guns butts. But the coolest part though is these bosses will have a much higher rate of dropping your uber uniques than any of the other world bosses, baddies, etc., etc., etc. So there'll be a reason to gnash your teeth on these bosses. And of course, They've got them, it sounds like they're going to be like skilled tiered. So that's even better because now you're like, man, I'm going to go, I finally got what I need to get this first one. Then you go bash your head against this one, start getting gear, grind up, grind up, grind up, figure out what's good, what's working, what's not. Then you get, boom, the second one. You keep going and going. It's a really cool character chase. And I'm super appreciative that they're going to add it in. Not to mention the whole new storyline with the vampires and going ahead and slaying them. Hopefully that pans out better than the bling thing did because... That quest chain was like super weak and kind of I was like, okay, and it didn't really add up to anything. There was no uh, push forward or momentum or reason for me to really care about the malignant storyline or what was going on. Hopefully they fix it with this vampire one. Everybody loves vampires. So we'll see. Either way, stoked to get in there. Can't wait to play some season two of Diablo 4. So there's an Eric game. Up Dex is a mat game, even though it's not really even a mat game, but for some reason... This trailer did it for me. And the only way I can think of is that you're going around this world and exploring it. And that's what I want to do is I want to drive through this beautifully graphically intensive world and drive my giant weird six-wheeler truck up a mountainside. I don't know why I want to play Expeditions, a Mud Runner game. I've never played Mud Runner. I've never played Snow Runner. I'm not a guy who do, who cares about these kinds of games. But seeing that beautiful world and like, oh, attach an anchor. Get out of your truck, go and attach an anchor and like winch yourself up the side of this weird mountain. Something about it. I don't know. But a game that you and I could play and you could be on board with is The Last Descendant. Literally, the words I wrote here are fast, futuristic, hot babe looter shooter. What more do you need to know? I looked up and I was immediately entranced. Everybody was beautiful on the screen. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. The characters were looking great. Yeah. The action was fast and it was furious. And I went, man, if I can shoot and loot and have a great time watching it, it just sounded great. It did look really cool, but it also had that vibe of it could be really cool or maybe not so much. It could be really shallow. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. So I went, you know what? This is definitely a watcher. I'll wait and see how this one goes as we play but a lot of potential as another game that we rock out and have a great time with. So I've got my fingers crossed that that is the case for it. Now, I've only got a prelude to the two last big ones, Matt, okay? And that's, of course, uh, what you were talking about earlier, which was Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. And this is already a winner, so I, that's why I wasn't going to really bring it up much. I already bought it. it. It's right now waiting, you know, download to play. I'll be playing it tomorrow, 
Well, maybe not because I'm going to be playing uh, Remnant 2 with Matt, but, you know, whatever. We'll figure it out. We'll see what's going on. I might get some time in before we play or on Saturday. Anywho's, I could not resist this game. Them showing even more at this whole opening night live, that's fine. It was great. I was already sold on it, but getting to see a little bit more, no problem. I love it. I'm all in with the idea of just getting my mech, customizing it, and as I do these cool missions, which I hear are very short, very crisp, and then, of course, get you money to go to the shop to buy new parts, to upgrade your mech, customize your mech, and get in there, get in another mission, go up against these crazy wild bosses who demand that you play them and fight them in certain ways and then evolve your mech to be able to beat them and take them out. And of course, as we talked about previously, there's ways around it. There's you know different ways to fight every fight. There's different ways to beat every baddie in here. But of course, all these individuals do have weak points, weak spots, weak moments, etc. And you really have to pay attention all around you to what that might be and then utilize that information to then change up your mech to accommodate that and keep moving forward. That all sounds absolutely fantastic to me. So I'm hoping that this game pans out Already got it. We're going to find out. Can't wait to talk about it next week, but definitely excited to check it out. This is one that I'm already, I've already been sold on, so I didn't need to see anymore. But two games that did 100% surprise me. It's going towards the end here, and these are the last two I have before the big two, obviously. One is a game called Dustborn, which I'd never heard of, never knew anything about. Looks like a narrative road trip game where you play as a little cast of characters. And the, the key word on this one was words have power. Like you see the gang, they're driving in the car and one says, why don't you shut your mouth or, you know, whatever it is, something like that. And the character immediately freezes up because they have to do that. And that shows like an altercation in a bar, which you can influence the way the two characters talk because some kind of magic exists where what you say happens in this world. And I'm interested in seeing where they go with that. And then right after that, I'm pretty sure it was 100% right after that. Yes, thank goodness you're here. And I don't know much about this game, but if you have not seen the trailer... For thank goodness you're here. You have to go and watch it. I say that all the time on the show, but I swear to God, this looks like an Adult Swim cartoon or like a, one of those really good Cartoon Network shows. 100% just come to life. You're playing a cartoon, and there's goofy scenarios, and like I don't know what's going on in this game, but it looks like a cartoon come to life. Like, legit. Seriously. Take me serious when I say this. Go watch it right now. It's awesome. And I want to know more about it just because of that, just for that reason. I will go watch it again because as Matt told me earlier, he mentioned that as something he wanted to see. And I was like, I don't remember watching this because I was looking at some lists of all the stuff announced on opening night live. And he goes, yeah, it was right. It was in there, dude. And I'm like, well, I watched the whole dang thing. How did I miss this? What the hell? So I'll go give it another go, check it out, see what I missed. But the two biggies, Matt. Mm -hmm. First one is Alan Wake. Yes. All right. I'm glad you did it in this order, too. Yes. Alan Wake, they gave you some more gameplay, and of course, even more in the post-show, they gave you a deeper dive into it, an interview, the whole nine, 45 minutes, I think, again, of this kind of gameplay. I don't know if we get to see it, because the one I watched, just was, it was from GameSpot with uh, Lucy and Tam, they didn't show you a bunch more, they just talked about what they got to play for the 45 minutes. So, I don't know if there's actual footage out there or not, I'm going to look that up later. But I didn't have time before the show. All I can say is with the trailer that was on the opening night live, I'm all in. They got that real life video footage again, which yes. I love so much in Control. They've got it again right here in this one. Tied in with, of course, Alan tripping out, having to try to get through the dark zone and do the thing. And just the environments. 
you saw that crisp, beautiful control red zone-ish area mm-hmm. towards the end of that trailer. And I went, oh, they're just, they're bringing it in. We already knew they were, but that just solidified it. You are getting everything they learned from control, the style, the vibe, the feeling, the emotion. And they brought it into Alan Wake to just enhance what that was way back in the day. I mean, everything about just Alan Wake's section looked amazing. You know, you're going old school, you got the flares, you got everything mm-hmm. else. But what sold it for me, I was already sold. I was going to get it no matter what. But what sold it, sold it for me was that real-life section. The actual real-life actors doing weird stuff. And it sounds stupid to say this. You can do so much weird stuff in games. But when you get real-life footage in there and you're doing weird stuff in that, it makes it so much more strange and unnerving. Because you are playing this character. And now here he is, but he looks and acts and seems different. And it just it creates that little, like shattering of reality like you're looking at a mirror and the the pieces are broken and it doesn't look quite right but that fits perfectly for this game and this style of game and everything that remedy does i was so excited for this i didn't want to be more excited but then i saw this and i just i rocket shipped off and i went god just i was already gonna get it but now i like have to get it have to have to get it have to put it into my veins you know what i'm saying and it's coming out right in perfect halloween season I mean, this game couldn't have a better release date, couldn't be at a better time, couldn't be themed better. I am going to just glorify in this come October and have such a great time with it. But that's not even the best of the best, man. Correct. There's one more. It's even better. It's just taking me to the the flipping moon, man. We were already so stoked for this. And then they, what they do, Matt? They added to it. And I think that's the kicker. I already wanted to get back into Night City. I wanted to play Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty just, be, just to see a new story. That's all I wanted was just to see a new story, hang out with V and Johnny again, see what Idris Elba's character is all about. And then they went, oh, yeah, by the way, there's like a million new weapons, a million new skills. We redid all the skill trees, plus you get another bonus skill tree, plus you're doing vehicle combat, plus in small print, which no, I don't think anybody ever said. Endless dynamic events and missions. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't want to buy the DLC, a lot of that stuff is coming, coming for free the, yeah, for to free. Cyberpunk base. How could you do any better than this? Jesus. All AI have been redone to be smarter, more sophisticated. All the cops have been heavily redone. Now you get the, uh, what's the, the, the crazy track units, the, um, the drop units. The bad dudes, they come down in the helicopters. They're the ones that shot up and killed almost all the, you know, the the cybers who went nuts. Mm-hmm. Man, see, I've been out of this too long. It's, this is a <laughs> crying damn shame. But anywho, they've all been vamped up. Everything's been fixed up. So it's not even going to be the same experience now. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, you're getting a whole new skill trees, all new perks. You can also go for vintage. You can go and say, I want to stick with classics if you want to. So if you're like, oh, hell no, I'm me and I'm that's all I'm doing. That's what I was. You can stick to the classic and stay your original character. But you know what? The, just the idea of getting to revamp it and see what they've done and, and change it up just a bit, that's enticing. And then to boot, someone pointed out, Matt, and this means nothing, but it's just cool to me, is in the perks and in the cla- the tree skills, you know how they used to have little like circles with little animations and whatnot? They've got characters and stuff from Edge Runner in there for certain, oh, nice. you know, abilities, etc. So you even get to see a little bit of Edge Runner inside your, you know, newer Cyberpunk 2077 experience. Well, one of the weird things for me is they're showing all the new weapons. Uh, like 99% of those were lethal. That's not for me. I'm Batman in this game, but the vehicle combat 
is what 100% sold me. Oh, yeah. It started off small even. It just shows you driving, and then you just go into your hack and explode the car right there. And I went, I'm the hack god. This is what I do. This is me when I'm not shooting people with my non-lethal rifle. That's what I started off with. So I can't wait to see what all that entails because you know there's going to be driver incapacitations. There's going to be car explosions. There's going to be so many things you can do just with that system and just the vehicle aspect of it, not even the regular combat and regular hacking. Jesus. I can't wait because I'm going to be on my motorcycle, but it's going to have miniguns on it. So I'm going to be up in there flying, shooting my minigun, and that's just to soften up the target. And then, of course, I'm going by for a couple side swipes with my katana, ching, ching, and then I'm backing up. Going in, putting out a rocket launcher or something, boom, 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 and then that's when I'm jumping off that damn bicycle and I'm coming down right through the roof, ching, katana, going nuts. Because yes, they have showed you you can jump off that motorcycle now and go right into a you know a big old melee fury, whatever the hell you want to do. All listen to K-pop. It's gonna be oh boy, it's gonna be good. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get like a Series X so this can look as badass as it possibly can, and plug it into this monitor here and just have cables everywhere, but so I could play this 100% the best possible way with my best possible V, doing all my best stuff. Like I said, I wasn't expecting this at all. Like, I was expecting to see some new story. I'm like, oh, look at this cool area. Look at this cool character. But, God, they just turned on the fire hose. Everything is amazing now. It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah, just the added benefit of going back and being able to do some stuff from old school and still get a new experience and have a great time on top of getting to experience Phantom Liberty itself, the whole new expansion, is more than I can ask for. And I only hope that the uh, the little limitless events you know, are actually pretty cool and pretty you know enticing and event. You know, so that way I, I do them for a while. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I hope it's not just a couple and it's just kind of like a little add-on. And even if it is, I don't care. They're giving me more than enough. But I really hope that these events are cool and dynamic so that way I waste even more time playing this damn game. I was going to say, if there's like 10 to 15 different types, at least. So as you're going around to the actual mission, oh, whoop, whoop, hey, V, we just picked up this thing on the scanner over here. Oh, hell, you know that's what I'm all about. Mm-hmm. It's an open world, getting sidetracked, going to the mission. No, I'm going to do 18 different things as I go through here. And you know what? Screw it. I'm sick of being Batman. I'm going to turn my car into a deadly weapon and just go ape crap on this one mission. This will be my little, oh, oh. Looks like uh, something bad happened over here. Must have been that gang. No, it was me. It was the non-lethal Batman. I just had enough, and I snapped, and I had to do it. That's right. Can't wait to create my character even further and have a good time with it. (sighs) So many good games, Matt. I mean, I really didn't expect too much from opening Night Live. We discussed that already. Mm -hmm. But I was impressed. I think it was a, a good show. Had a great time. Had a lot of stuff we did know about, but had new trailers for it. Had a few things that I'd forgotten about. Had a couple things I had no idea about. Overall, for a show that typically doesn't really show you much, just kind of rehashes well, you know, stuff that's already happening, I think it was a pretty damn good job overall. 100% agree. I expected to see like three or four things to be excited about. I wrote down and underlined 18 things from the show. And granted, like you said, some of them were things we knew, but it took my hype for those things and quadrupled it. Just blew it through the moon. So what about you out there in podcast listener land? What did you see that we haven't even mentioned on here that you are super hyped for? Or join us in the hype parade for all these amazing things. Let us know that. Or just reach out to us with any kind of feedback at all. On the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com. On the Twitter machine, at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook under thirdshift. Hit the Discord, the Patreon, Twitch. 
Write a letter to my house. Just do it. And I don't care. Just come on over. Who cares? Yeah. It's just nuts over here anyway. Come on. Why the hell not? Come on over to Matt's house, and then you can come on over to my house. I got so many chores and things to do. <laughs> you can do them with me, and we'll have a great time doing them. Maybe even a little reward for you. But bring if you your don't eye protection. Do that, bring your eye yes, protection. Bring your eye protection. Don't end up like me. All right? But if you don't want to do any of that, I suggest you go on over to Patreon and throw a few bucks away. You know, having a blast, having a good time, like what we do. It's a little tip jar. Helps keep the lights on, pay the bills, get games, do all the stuff so we can keep talking and being at least normally knowledgeable on everything we're talking about. It's all because of you and thanks to you that this is possible. We appreciate any and all help you can do in that matter. But if you can't help with the money portion, as Matt just said, you can write us letters. You can talk to us on the Discord. You can give us five-star ratings on the iTunes on Spotify. All those wonderful things. There's so many ways that you can help us out without really having to spend actual cash money. And we would appreciate any and all of those interactions because it motivates us, keeps us happy, keeps us rocking and rolling for you. Absolutely. And the easiest way to do it is just to listen to the very next episode, which will be dropping on or around the 31st of August on iTunes and just on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey. If you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. We appreciate that in a five-star review. And I know Matt's going to tell me we got one, but if we don't, that's okay. We'll find out next week, because I suspect there'll be one next week. Don't let me down. Don't let me down. I know. You know you're listening. I know who you are. You'll have one for me. I know it. Don't let me down. Don't let me down. And with that, there's nothing else to say but... Don't. Don't forget to say... Shut up and sit down.